back and uh, go ahead and find your spot and, and let's get ready to get started. Listen, this is, this is great. I, I'm, so, I'm glad to be back. I've been out for a little while and uh, had some personal time with my family. I was in a conference last week. I'll tell you a little bit about that as we get into this. But, uh, you know, happy 2016, right? And uh, really want to say welcome to everybody who is new to First Baptist Church, especially um, we're really, really, like Aaron said, we're really thrilled that you're here uh, and chose to come and be a part of what we're doing. And so what we typically do at First Baptist, and, and this is, it's normal once a year, and this is the day. Otherwise, it's not a normal day. Uh, we always do at the beginning of every year what we call a vision update. And so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to just talk a little bit about our mission, our vision, our values, and uh, kind of get you up to speed on what God has been doing as a big picture. In fact, at some level, it's, it's kind of me reporting to you, the church, of the stewardship that God and you all entrust to me in the leadership of this body. And I want to try and give you a snapshot today of what I get to see from my chair, because I have a pretty good view of kind of what God's doing overall around here. So if you are a guest and you haven't been coming very often and you're just considering looking for a church home, man, today is a great day for you to be here because you get the behind-the-scenes pass to get a better understanding of really what God's doing in this church, and you could make an informed decision about whether or not you feel like this would be a good church home for you. I hope that it would. We just started a new members class, actually, at the 9 o'clock hour, and uh, maybe you want to jump into that next week or something. That's available as well. But if you're a member, if you're a regular attender here at First Baptist Church, then this is the time when we just kind of clear off a space and talk a little bit about um, what God's been doing and where we see this thing going in the future. I got a stool today because we kind of got a lot of stuff we're going through, and uh, so I want, we have a lot to cover, and... um, Let's just go to the Lord, let's pray, and uh, we'll jump into it. I think you're going to be um, excited to see. My, my prayer is, and I, I guess I could just pray it, um, is that through some of the information that we'll be giving you, and um, you'll not just look at numbers or events, but that you'll really see what God is doing through these things and how God is moving uh, in the body of First Baptist Church and in this area, so we're really excited about that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we come before you. We're so, so very excited to be able to just take this time. New Year's is always a wonderful time where we just kind of reflect on the things that you've done up to this point and where you've positioned us today and, and very often looking at a fresh start, looking at getting some things right that maybe we need to get um, taken care of and just cleaning house a little bit or whatever the case might be. We all make resolutions or promises or ideas to do some things new or better. Um, It's just a great opportunity for us to just look in the mirror a little bit and uh, see what you see and try and get a better idea. So I pray that you would just reveal yourself through this. I pray that you would speak to hearts. Lord, there are people here with various numbers of issues and things they're dealing with in their lives that only they know about. And whether they're not even sure if they have a relationship with you, maybe they can come to understand why that's the most important thing they could possibly do today. Maybe they've known you for a long time, but they've let the fire grow cold. And maybe they realize that, wow, you're really moving and I want to be a part of that. And maybe some of us just realize that, hey, we're, we've been doing, we think, what you want us to do all along, but sometimes you just get weary in well-doing and that we just get recharged and realize that, man, this is, this is worth it. We're so excited about that. So Lord, we just commit this time to you and we pray that you'd be honored and glorified as we just 
talk about you and your mission and your direction in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, you do have a handout as always, and you kind of have a rough outline, and we're going to talk about a lot of details, but you can just kind of track along with the outline. And the first thing that I want us to talk about um, is what I'm calling Missions Focus 16. Um, Mission Focus 16 actually is, there you go, um, it's, a, it's a conference. It's the conference that I and several people from First Baptist were at over New Year's. Uh, it's held in Kansas City, Missouri. It's hosted by Midtown Baptist Temple, where the pastor is Sam Miles. He's no stranger to this ministry. And uh, what it is is a missions conference. Now, it's not a missions conference like we hold every year in the fall. This is a missions conference not just for Midtown Baptist Temple. Uh, this is a missions conference for all of the churches that fellowship together. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. And so what um, I was doing, so my whole family got to be a part of that. In total from First Baptist, there were 16 of us that were in Kansas City. It was a wonderful opportunity. Um, I had the privilege of teaching morning sessions, three different mornings and on, on the theme of missions. And uh, others had different slots. There were visiting missionaries. There were visiting pastors. Uh, there was other morning sessions, of course, evening sessions as well. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, I'm just guessing I, that there were probably no less than 15 different churches and ministries that were represented at this conference. Um, that was a wonderful opportunity for fellowship and to cast vision. And really the focus is the mission, and so hence the title. Um, the focus of the conference is to cast vision and to particularly target young adults, certainly anybody, young at heart, but for certainly young adults, um, so that they might be willing to surrender their hearts and lives for God's mission, to just to put their hat in the ring, to just say, I'm going to go for it. Uh, whatever thoughts or aspirations I had for my personal benefit or career, man, I'm, I'm going to use those things for God's glory and God's mission. And that's, that's kind of what this conference is all about. And it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Uh, I want to just remind you of a couple of verses of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And it's really important that we cast vision. It's really important that we keep you aware of things. It's really important that you participate in things where your vision is expanded. It's really important that you participate in things where you can see God working in ways that maybe you were unaware. And really, that's what this morning is all about as well. Uh, concerning specifically the mission, going and winning people to Jesus and seeing new things happen, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ embodies this whole idea. In John chapter 4, you know the story, where he meets the woman at the well and they have the whole discourse about her life. But near the end of that chapter, in John chapter 4, starting in verse number 34, it says this, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And so Jesus referring to his disciples at the end of this, and he lays this thing out and he says, look, my life is all about doing God's will. That, that's what my meat is. That's what my life is, to do the will of him that sent me. And in the context of a harvest, you all say, you would make the statement that in four months the harvest is coming, and Jesus is saying, yeah, physically speaking, sure, but spiritually speaking, you don't need to wait four months. Now is the time. It, the fields are already white 
unto harvest, but you wouldn't know that unless you would lift up your eyes and look on the fields. And when you take the time to lift up your eyes and look on the fields and get a vision for what God is doing and what God desires to do and what you believe God will do through you, you'll never be the same. And so he goes on like in this last verse and he says, hey, that the one that reaps, the one that sows, they receive wages, they, they receive rewards and that they can rejoice together. So whether your participation is doing some sowing or whether you get to be a part of reaping from somebody else's sowing or whatever the case might be, ultimately it's God that gives the increase, amen. And so this is a, this is a great opportunity, the mission's focus. So this is my third year in a row of going there. Last year I was the main conference speaker in the evening sessions. Uh, must have did okay, they invited me back. And so I did the morning sessions um, this year. And uh, it, was a, it was a really cool deal. And we had a lot of young people from high school and college age. And some of our high school and college age um, people, some of the, the young adults um, in the past in our church ministry through missions conferences and through circumstances in their life have already, we have a good number of people in this church, by the way, that have already surrendered their life and said, I don't know exactly what this is going to mean. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But I want to point my life in the direction of becoming a pastor or a missionary. And I'm just telling you, that's an amazing thing. It's not for everybody. God doesn't call everybody. But the desire of my heart, the desire of your pastoral leadership team heart is that God would call young men and women to be trained and prepared and sent out to reproduce the life of Christ in new places all over the world. That is the mission, amen? That's what it's all about. So at the beginning of the year, every year, what better thing could we possibly do than to take some time over New Year's when we're kind of putting away the old and ushering in the new and focusing in on God's mission? Now, I didn't ask for permission, but I'm going to do something that I hope doesn't upset anybody. So um, everybody's interested now. Um, there were some young people in this particular conference that during the course of this conference just surrendered their heart and their life to say, okay, once and for all, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. I don't know what it means, but I'm willing. I'm willing for you to take me and use me in missions or in vocational ministry of some sort. And I'm going to call your names, okay? So when I do, I want you to just stand up. Okay, so we got Nick Roth. Where's Nick? There's Nick. Right in front of Nick, Alex Matthews. Rachel Gopp. There she is. And Kelby Flores, who's probably over here somewhere. That's Kelby. All right, praise the Lord. And listen, there were others, so like Kale Horvath and Corey Vansickle, youth leaders, and they were there as well, but they have already surrendered their lives in the past. I mean, listen, guys, I, I'm saying this to you, that God is using this event. It's been an amazing thing. And so if you prayed for us, if you were aware of it or not, be aware of it, and maybe even mark your calendars for next year. It is the New Year's break. If you're free over New Year's and if you're able, uh, I know it's a long way to go, uh, to Kansas City, but man, I mean, it's just a, it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, it's really exciting. In fact, we had a wonderful time of worship together. I, I have a little clip. It's not great. It's off my phone of the Midtown Baptist Temple's praise team. Can we play the praise team video? Is that, is that going to work?
This is a longer clip than I thought. Okay, so just a little, okay, so it's my phone video. It's not a great quality, but just a, just a taste of some of the really, really awesome worship. It was a really a great thing. And now, why did I do that for you? Well, because I want you to feel bad because you weren't there. That's why. No, I did that because we just had great fellowship and great like-mindedness. And man, people were challenged. And it was very encouraging. And the Lord met with us. And also, I'm going to tell you in just a second about the next big event we got coming up on our calendar for a conference we're going to hold. But I invited that praise team to come here for our conference in March. And so, you know, we need to get our soul on. And, you know, you know we kind of don't have any. So I decided we're going to import some. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can, you know, prime the pump a little and get us rolling. So y'all just kind of be, you know, preparing yourself. And, and we're going to get our soul on in March. And that's going to be awesome. They're coming to lead us in worship. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to be great. You're going to really you're going to really enjoy. It. Um, that's going to be a fun deal. Okay, so obviously I'm not telling you about the conference just to let you know what 16 of us got to do and you didn't. Um, but but it is a part of something bigger. It really is a part of something much bigger. And if you are unaware, little by little we are intentionally fellowshipping together in an organized way with churches that we agree with doctrinally, philosophically. And we, we call it the Living Faith Fellowship of Churches. And that's a really important thing. So the Living Faith Fellowship of Churches has a website. You can go to it and you can look. Uh, not a lot of information up there right now. But basically, these are the friends that we have in the ministry that have been here that we've invited in to be guest speakers and directors. And so Pastor Mark Trotter and, and Brett Bartlett and Sam Miles and Alan Shelby, who did our missions conference last year, and, and Joe McKaig, a friend of mine from Atlanta, and different people like that. Um, we, we choose to serve together and to fellowship together. I want you to understand that when we talk about being a fellowship of churches, uh, some of you have certain backgrounds and stereotypical mindsets that may be positive or negative depending on your influence. Um, this is not a denomination. It's not a hierarchy. Uh, we're all independent churches. Every church decides willingly and freely if they want to participate at whatever level they want to participate. But because those of you that have traveled a little bit, if you know, if you've enjoyed this church, for example, and for whatever reason, your job has caused you to move or you've tried to find a different church in another location. I'm not saying there's not great churches in other places there are, but to find a church that believes what we believe and experiences it the way we experience it, if you enjoy this, boy, they're hard to find, aren't they? I mean, it's really hard to find. And so, man, when we find people like us, we just want to do stuff together. And, and this is going to be a big part of what we're going to continue to do going forward. So the mission focus is not just a missions conference, like I said, for Midtown Baptist Temple. The missions focus is the missions conference for all of the churches that want to participate in what we're calling the Living Faith Fellowship of Churches. That's a really important thing. It's mutually, this fellowship is mutually beneficial to each church, or else they wouldn't, they, nobody has any say so over anybody else. We all do it um, willingly. So historically, just so you know, uh, when churches fellowship together in a loose association like this, typically they fellowship together in two primary areas. Those two areas are missions and education. 
Every church is autonomous. Every church runs their own business the way God would direct them to run their own business. But man, when we fellowship together, we want to help and encourage one another in the areas of missions and in the areas of education. And so that's really what we're talking about. The missions focus then serves as the annual fellowship-wide missions conference every year at New Year's in Kansas City, Missouri. And so, you know, you just might want to jot down on your calendar next year, I'm going to make plans to go. Uh, I feel a little guilty like I should have advertised it more. I feel like I should have pushed it harder, and I, I, want, you, I want you to know I'm sorry. We're going to push it harder next year, and everybody who has the opportunity, man, we need to, we need to go because it's just it's a life-changing deal. Um, but also then, we're, we will have an annual conference to focus on education or doctrine or teaching, and that's the second point in your outline. That's the, what we're calling the certainty conference. Okay, so the Certainty Conference, um, you have the date up on the screen, save the date. Um, We did it last year. Now, in this church, we've done a Spring Bible Conference for years, and for years before I ever came here, okay? And so this is basically what the Spring Bible Conference has developed into. It is no longer just First Baptist Church clearing off a time, in the cold weather to come in and study the Bible and have a good time together, which has been great, by the way. We're expanding it, and the Certainty Conference now is representing, starting last year, it's representing a fellowship-wide conference on Bible doctrine. It's that important. And it's based off the verse, Proverbs 22, verses 20 and 21, and says, Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send to thee? Okay, so the good news is, is that maybe it's hard for you to travel to Kansas City, but we're hosting the certainty one here. And so, I mean, you're already here, right? And you might want to just consider If you have any spare time or extra days off that you could take, because we'll have morning sessions with deeper doctrinal teaching, um, as we have done every year, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're inviting Pastor Mark Trotter back in. He's doing great. He's going to do the evening session starting Sunday evening, March 13th, going through Wednesday evening, March 16th. Um, The day sessions will be handled by Pastor Alan Shelby, who did our missions conference in the the fall, and uh, Dr. Bill Bartlett who used to be the pastor at Toledo Baptist Temple, and now he's kind of pastor emeritus. He's, he's up in years, but he at one time in his career was the dean of the history department of the Baptist Bible Fellowship, and uh, is just a great Bible teacher. And so they are going to take on the subject of dispensationalism. Dispensationalism. What is that? Okay, so we have in the lobby some flyers like this, and we didn't stick them in your bulletin, but you can grab one. You'll be hearing more about this leading up to March. And they'll be on the Welcome Center out there, and you can grab one of these. And there's just a little blurb about what dispensationalism is. But it's really important to understand what we call dispensationalism. The Bible uses the word dispensation. It also uses the word administration or stewardship. We did a series on this not too long ago. And the idea is is that God dispenses his grace, his plan unto man throughout history in different ways throughout history. And if you don't have a dispensational view of the Scriptures, it is impossible for you to believe every word 
in the Bible as it is written without changing it, adding to it, subtracting it, or interpreting it. You can't just receive every single word of every place in the Bible if you don't have a dispensational view of the Scriptures. The, the photo negative, the other side of the argument for dispensational theology is what people call covenant theology. And covenant theology, in my opinion, is erroneous, and it, and it is the theological basis that leads to what is referred to as a Reformed theology. We talked about that in last year's conference, sometimes referred to as Calvinism. And so that whole idea of covenant theology uh, is, is the, the other side of the argument, and we want to emphasize what is true. We want to emphasize the dispensational understanding. Where that comes from in the Bible is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Well, it comes from a lot of places, but, but one simple way to see it um, is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, where it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So in the certainty conference, where in Proverbs 22, it says that we need to know the certainty of the words of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says that we are to study to be approved unto God, rightly dividing the words of truth. So how are we going to be certain about the things that we believe? Well, we need to have an understanding of the scriptures that come from placing divisions in the proper places. If God says rightly dividing the word of truth is what we must do as a result of our study, then that certainly means that it is possible for some people to wrongly divide or not divide at all and just think everything applies to everybody at all times. Nobody really believes that. Nobody believes we still have to slaughter an animal and keep the Jewish Old Testament feasts. I mean, everybody puts at least one big division, Old Testament, New Testament, right? The question is, how does that all play out? We are going to address that subject in detail. And why are we going to do that? Well, let me just tell you very simply why we're going to do that. Because contrary to popular belief, in these last days in which we live, doctrine matters, y'all. I mean, what you believe, I'm getting away from the notes, I'm going to preach now. Okay, so doctrine really matters. And, and what happens is, is when you leave a church that teaches the Bible soundly, and, and you find yourself, for whatever reason, needing to find a new place or whatever, you, you frequently, and I hear this over and over again, people find themselves in what I refer to as the fields of the fatherless. They're out there among churches where, you know, they don't want to offend anybody, and they want to make you feel as good as they can make you feel, and that's, and that's great. We hope you feel great. But the truth of the matter is doctrine does separate people. And so people say, well, unity is the most important thing, so we're going to downplay doctrine because doctrine is divisive, meaning doctrine is bad. Well, that's just an error. I mean, that, and that's a grave error. Doctrine, what you believe is critically important. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 16, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? And is profitable for what first? For doctrine, right? And for reproof and correction, instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So God gave us the scriptures, the words of truth, first and foremost, that we might know the doctrine. Because doctrine is what is right. It's what God says. It's the teaching of the scripture. Doctrine is what is right. Reproof is what is wrong. Correction is how to get it right. <laughs> and then instruction in righteousness is how to keep it right after you've gotten it right. So in 2 Timothy 3.16, you have the prescription 
for all Christian counseling. People come in with difficulties and struggles in their lives because life is hard. And we try and sit down and help you to understand what does the Bible say about your circumstance. And if your life doesn't line up with what the Bible says, well, that's an area of reproof. Well, what does the Bible say about how you can get it right and then set some things in place so that you can keep it right? That's what the Scriptures are for. That's what what they're given to us for. And we need to have a time where we clear off a space and dive a little deeper. If you just come on Sunday mornings and go through the series of preaching and stuff we do, you're going to learn stuff. I mean, it's good, but sometimes there's just a subject And you need to clear off a space and learn about that subject. And that's what we're going to do in March. And that's a really important thing. So, you know, I want you to kind of save the date, get one of these flyers, keep it as a bookmark in your Bible or something like that. Like I said, um, those guys are going to be the ones who are going to be teaching us. Um, We're going to have the Midtown Praise Team here. It's going to be awesome. Um, In your bulletin, you also receive this. So pull that out if you have that in your bulletin. This little bookmark... Um, is the calendar of the major events that we'll be having here at First Baptist Church in 2016. And so some people, you know, want to know about what's coming up down the road, and uh, we don't always have the calendar on the website up to date like we should probably, but um, these are the big events. You can keep this in your Bible. You can kind of just be aware of what's happening. So I'm not going to read them to you, but you can kind of look and see when things are scheduled, when things are coming, and uh, that's a really important thing. So all these different events that are coming up um, are scheduled. Among them, we do a lot of these things annually. The youth camp is a big deal. We've got a bunch of mission trips coming on. There's the date for Easter. Again, our certainty conference through the summer and into the later part of the year. um, We have several mission trips that we plan. And um, let me just talk about mission trips for a second because of the mission trips that are planned, um, really... Okay, so there's the one in Albania where we're doing the um, medical clinic. That's already full. We advertised that back in the fall. The London evangelism trip, um, we only take students from our ministry tools and training class. Those of you that are in there know what that is. If you don't know what that is, we'll talk about it in a minute. So that's exclusively for those people, and there's limited space for that anyway. So most of you can't go on the London trip, and if you haven't already signed up, you're not going on the Albania trip. We have a trip to Mexico in November. That's an option for you to consider doing. Um, there are some other trips that we do take, though, and we don't always advertise them because they're not of a, of, a, of a need or of a situation where we're recruiting a bunch of people to go and see something new. If you're interested in going on a mission trip and you say, well, I can't go to Mexico in November, but boy, I do want to do something, and you guys do a lot of mission stuff, what can I do? Well, I want you to consider medical missions outreach. We're doing that in Albania, but the medical missions outreach, there's their website, And man, we love partnering with Medical Missions Outreach. I mean, people from our church have gone. In fact, if you have ever been on a medical missions team anywhere from this church, just raise your hand. And everybody just look around. I mean, there are people all over who have been on medical mission team from here. It's an outstanding opportunity. And if you have never, ever been on a mission trip, that's a great place to start. And it doesn't have to be organized directly through us because Bradley Edmondson and his team put together such a well-oiled machine You'll be a part of a large number of people. You don't have to be a medical professional. If you are, that's great. You'll use that. But if you're not, there's a lot of logistics and a lot of things you can do to help. And they have their website. They have their schedule. You can sign up for any trip that has space available, and you can go on that. And that's a wonderful way that you can get plugged in. But there's other things 
that our church is doing as well. So um, Ryan and Megan Irvin are going with Josh and Allie Miller to North Africa in February. And basically, they're just going to visit our missionary there for, to, to see what they're doing in their ministry for sure, good friends of ours in the ministry, but also to cast vision for Josh and Allie would be another family who would say, we want to be missionaries. We want to serve the Lord with our lives. And Josh is an intern here at the church, and we want to give him an opportunity to see different ministries and where God might use them. And so Ryan and Megan are taking Josh and Allie just to pray about maybe a Muslim outreach type ministry is a good option for them. I don't know. And so those are things, those are some things that we do. Um, there's an opportunity for me and maybe a few people, I don't know exactly yet, in the, in the late fall to go to, to Prague and visit the team that's there. Um, we haven't made a trip like that before. And so that's, that's an opportunity that we have um, on the schedule as well. And there's the possibility of a few guys, if you're a skilled carpenter, I know there's talk about guys going to Ecuador in March, and that's coming up really fast. In fact, it'll be the week of the Certainty Conference, but there's not a need for a ton of people. But Steve Roth is where? Is Steve Roth in the, in the house? Where are you at, Steve? Stand up so everybody can see you. If, if you're interested, if you can build stuff that looks nice out of wood, <laughs> go see Steve, and maybe you can work out the trip to Ecuador. So that's not on the list because that kind of just popped up like last week. Um, but there's cool opportunities, and that's our calendar, and I want you to kind of be aware of that. So again, missions focus, fellowship-wide on missions, certainty, fellowship-wide on education or doctrine. And uh, man, if you can take, if that interests you, and you can be off of work in the mornings, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, to be here for the day sessions, man, that would just be outstanding, because we're really going to get into stuff, and, and by the way, it's not just, you can get, but it'll be online, if you can't make it, it'll be online, it'll be available for you, but man, the fellowship together with people from other churches that are coming is just outstanding, so that's a cool deal, but most certainly, this conference is not the totality of education and Christian growth that we offer at First Baptist Church, and so the third point on your outline is the path of growth. This should be nothing new to you that come here regularly. Okay, if you're new, you may have walked in and not noticed that on the wall on the left-hand side as you exit, there's four giant red circles that have those words in them. And, and this is our path for growth. And, man, this is a really important thing. So this is going to sound very elementary. I'm, you know, the king of stating the obvious. If you want to grow, get on the path. Try that again. If you want to grow, get on the path. That's not enough. If you want to grow, get on the path. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you. So look, we're going to walk through these really quickly. And I know for a lot of you it's review, but not for everybody. I just want you to understand this. We have people that visit here every single week. I'm so thankful. God is bringing people to come and just to visit. And if you just want to kind of sit in the back and visit and peek in the window and not necessarily, you know, get involved in everything. You're welcome to do that. Take your time. It's fine. It really is. But if you're here visiting or if you're fairly new and you're thinking, or maybe you've been here a long time and you're just thinking, man, my growth has stagnated. I remember a time when I was really tracking with the Lord, but man, that, that was in my past. Lately, not so much. Let me just encourage you. It, this path it works. It really works. And if you will get on the path and work it, man, it will help you. You will actually grow in your faith. 
in the Lord. And that's ultimately what we all want, I hope anyway. And so it's really, really an important thing. Okay, so why do we as pastors do counseling? Why do we spend time helping people? Well, because people live life in a messy world. The Bible calls it a present evil world. So there's people every day, Christian people, that are frustrated, that have problems, that are depressed, that they're bitter. Who knows? Maybe they have relational problems. Maybe they just don't have the joy or the peace or the happiness that they used to have anymore. Maybe they're lonely and they feel like nobody cares about them. Listen, if you will get on the path, I promise you a lot of those situations you're dealing with will work themselves out because you start getting fed from God's word. You do it together with other people. You start sharing life with one another. You start working through the issues that you're dealing with. And the staff knows we, we deal with people who have needs and we want to help them, but frequently there are people who are not on the path. And what do we do? We direct them to the path. <laughs> Get on the path and you will grow and you will find a lot of the issues that you're dealing with will work themselves out. Remember, biblical counsel comes from the Scripture, right? The doctrine, the reproof, the correction, and the instruction in righteousness. And you have to study the Scriptures so that you can have that apply to you, so that it will actually help you where you're at in your life. I mean, that's a really important thing. So let's walk through these really quickly, one each. Uh, the first one is to attend. And really, just attending, you're, congratulations, you're attending. It's awesome. What you're doing by doing that faithfully, you're proving your faithfulness. You're proving that you can be faithful to something. And that's an important thing. So just for the record, um, here at First Baptist Church, um, our average attendance on a Sunday morning at 1030, um, counting all the kids, everybody in the building, that's about 800 people. So praise the Lord for that. Um, the 9 o'clock hour, um, we averaged across the year about 250 in the 9 o'clock hour. And the midweek life groups that we have, we average in the neighborhood of 350. So a little less than half is faithful in the middle of the week as well, and a little bit less than that wakes up earlier on Sundays. Um, but praise the Lord. I mean, that's a lot of people, and that's a lot, that's a lot of stuff going on. But you know what? There's plenty of room still. I mean, we, we can seat over 800 in here. I mean, there's room for you. If you're considering, hey, I, I could do that, there's room for more people to do that. The next one is to learn. And to learn, okay, so this is basically referencing personal discipleship. Our church has a well-developed system of 17 lessons of personal discipleship, and there you have it. We have 115, roughly 115 students, which means 115-ish teachers discipling them in a one-on-one -on -one discipling relationship. That's what we call it. You meet with a private tutor, somebody, a brother or sister in the Lord who's maybe a few steps down the road ahead of you and can help you learn basic doctrines of the Scripture. I mean, this has been life-changing for our church as a body. Only 115? Well, that's probably because we have hundreds of you that have already completed this. I mean, this has been going on for 25 years at this church. It's an amazing, amazing ministry no matter who you are and where you are in your walk and what you do, there is something for you to do. The Great Commission is making disciples. So if you are unfamiliar with the material, let somebody teach you. And once you finish, you're now qualified to teach somebody else. And for the rest of your life, make disciples. 
for the rest of your life, make disciples. That's a great goal for New Year's and every year. So it's at your time and convenience. This is a, listen, you need to prove yourself faithful so that you can be a faithful learner in continuing to study the scriptures. If you're not faithful even showing up, you're not gonna faithfully study. So step one is attend. Step two is begin to learn through personal discipleship. And step three is to what we call engage. Engaging is really the, the course of study we call our ministry tools and training. Years ago, we just called it discipleship two. And what it is is an additional step of commitment. Now we're asking you to be faithful to all the things we do and add a Thursday night. And so on Thursday nights from 6.30 to 8.30, from September till the end of May, the school year, we teach different classes. And we have one after another after another. You sign up every year in the summer. Classes begin in September. So if you're interested and haven't signed up, just plan to sign up again in the summer. It's a two-year curriculum. There's six classes, three in year one, three in year two. And these classes are designed, again, the, the, the title tells it all. They are tools and training to help you be a more effective minister for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is my goal that every single one of you in this church is a faithful attender, faithfully learning through the elementary discipleship lessons, and then engages in ministry tools and training. Why? Because you need to be a faithful minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can't do that if you don't have the proper tools, if you don't have the proper training. So we work very hard to give those to you and make it available so that you can do that. So the 17 lessons, if you don't waste a lot of time, you can finish within a year. The MTT classes, you can finish in a couple of years. And so we have some stats. So far, since we've been doing this a few years ago, we cranked it up, we've graduated 59 people through the ministry tools and training classes, and that's awesome. This year, the second-year students, there's 30 in that class, and there's 20 in the first-year class. So in a couple of years, we'll have 109 people that'll have completed this level of training. Listen, that is a significant level of training. That is outstanding. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Yes, of course. You have to get on the path. You get on the path, you start proving yourself faithful. You begin to learn by adding an additional time where you meet privately with a tutor. And then you add another night where you're, you're really digging into the scriptures. It doesn't last forever. It only lasts a couple of years. But man, this really helps you. This really equips you. And every year there'll be more signing up and more doing that. And man, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. I want to take a second and just kind of give you a snapshot of what I preached last Sunday when I was in Kansas City. I was at Harvest Baptist Church in Blue Springs, Missouri. And uh, I preached a message out of 2 Samuel chapter 18. And I think we've got some verses that will probably pop up on the screen. And, and this, the whole sermon, you know, was long, but I'm not going to do it. Okay, so the story is this. It's the story where David is king, and Absalom, his son, um, is in rebellion and is trying to steal the kingdom away from David. And David kind of goes out into hiding, and he sends some spies in to see what's going on, and ultimately Absalom is chased out. And, and in the story, Joab, the captain of David's host, you know the story, the little kids all know the story of Absalom and his long hair and he gets caught in the trees and all the fundamental Baptists say that's why you shouldn't have long hair. You know the story. <laughs> so he gets caught in the trees and he's hanging from his hair, you know, and Joab comes up and he kills him, okay? 
So Joab kills Absalom. David didn't want that to happen, by the way, but he does it. And he sends messenger, a messenger back to David to tell David what happened. And, and that's the story that we have here. Let me just read these verses for you and just give you the one takeaway that I tried to emphasize last Sunday that applies to what we're talking about today. So in 2 Samuel 18, starting in verse 24, David sat between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate under the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, If he be alone, there's tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bringeth tidings. And the watchman said, Methinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He's a good man, and cometh with good tidings. And Ahimaaz called and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, where that's delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult. But I knew not what it was. Now, Ahimaaz knew what it was. He knew that, that Absalom was dead. He knew the truth, but he was not a faithful messenger. He did not deliver the truth. He did not do what he needed to do. He had a very specific question asked him, and he chickened out. So David the king, a picture and a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, in verse 30, the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Tidings, my lord the king, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, the same question, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. So Cushai, in contradistinction to Ahimaaz, was a faithful messenger and delivered the word and was used by God. The message that I tried to get across to the church there, and the thing I want to encourage you all in, don't be like Ahimaaz. Don't find yourself meeting the Lord and having him just effectively put you on the shelf. Turn aside, stand over there. Couldn't even deliver a message right. Man, let's engage the mission. Let's prove ourselves faithful. Let's learn the critical truths of the scripture and let's put it into practice with the tools and the training to be effective ministers for the Lord Jesus Christ. Get in the game. Man, you gotta, you gotta engage the mission. Okay, the last one would be to lead, the last step of the four. And leading, listen, this is what we call the Living Faith Bible Institute. Uh, we have together with the fellowship of churches and the pastors cooperated together in the area of education to teach and to train anybody who wants to study intensively. This is a four-year Bible Institute course of study directed through the local church. I couldn't be more excited about it. And this is new to us. We, we've just started sending guys and doing this this last semester. But this is serious study 
for those, this isn't for everybody necessarily, for those who want to be leaders in ministry. It doesn't mean you have to be a vocational pastor or missionary, but certainly if you wanted to be a vocational pastor or missionary, this is all the training you will need. And the reason we're working together with others is, is that we want to provide for you, the student, the very best possible education that you could possibly get. And all the different pastors have different areas where they are experts and just very well versed in. And so we share the resources. And the school is completely online. It's live streaming video. So on Saturday mornings from like 9 a.m. till 2, it's a serious commitment. But you are receiving live through Google Hangouts the the teacher, instructor, wherever he may be, teaching the lessons that he's teaching. And so the next semester starts this coming Saturday on the 16th. And only those who have completed ministry tools and training are qualified to sign up for the Living Faith Bible Institute. But if if you're one of the 59 who have completed and would like to sign up, you're free to sign up. Just go to lfbi.org and sign up. You can do that this week and you can be a part of any one that you choose of the three or all three classes that are available. I will be teaching one class on missions. Pastor Greg Axe from Kansas City, Kansas will be teaching a course on church history. And Pastor Mark Trotter, who now lives in Atlanta, Georgia, will be teaching a class on homiletics. Homiletics is the study of preaching and public speaking. And so who better to do that than him? So it's going to be a great lineup And uh, we do have, by the way, flyers available in the lobby as well. And so the Bible Institute has its own flyer. So if you go and see the four big red circles on the wall, there's a little shelf there. And actually, we have flyers for all the different steps. Attend, learn, engage, and then the Bible Institute. So grab those, take a look at those, um, see if that's something for you, pray about it. um, And that's something that, that that you can think about it. Listen, a lot of young people, in this church have surrendered their hearts and lives to God's service. They want to be ordained. They want to be sent out. They want to be missionaries. Um, I'm going to list some names that I jotted down. If, if, if I forgot you, please forgive me. I don't mean to have forgotten anybody, but when I say your name, just pop up. So Kale, where are you at? Kale, just stand up. Kale's one. Corey Van Sickle. JJ, is JJ here? Don't see JJ. Okay, JJ Barnhart be another one. Trenton, Lewis, He's another one. Vinny Nigro, is Vinny here? Vinny's one has already put, uh, Josh Miller I mentioned, Nick Sayer I mentioned, I didn't mention, Nick Sayer's also one of them. Um, last year after we came back from our trip in London, Liz Capabianco, she was one of them. Um, Wayne Steed is in the list. Um, he's part of the study that we're doing. Andy Ireland um, was up here playing the drums. He's another one. Rodney Stevens, you upstairs Rodney? Rodney's running the sound and stuff for us up there. Um, Paul Hutchison, Chris Tyler. There, is Paul here? Chris here? Stand up, you guys. It's, I mean, these are guys, look around you. I mean, these guys, there's probably others. If I missed you and you just want to look, I threw my hat in the ring. I'm willing for God to use me. You can stand up too. I want our church to see God is moving here, y'all. I mean, God is calling young people to reproduce this life in other places. Look, you guys, you guys sit down. Thanks. You guys are young, but all of us ain't young no more. Listen, we want to be a part of a church that's reproducing itself. We want to be a part of a church that cares for and invests in the next generation, right? I mean, aren't, don't you want to be a part of a church like that? Don't you want to be a part of a church that takes the mission so seriously 
The time is running out. Yes, I know it's running out of my sermon too. It's running out. And we got to get people ready. We got to get them out. Listen, this is urgent. We don't know how much longer we have. And if we don't start, it's never going to happen. It doesn't happen just because we hope it will. And God will do what God will do. But man, I want to get in on it, don't you? And so it's an exciting thing. Okay, so the last point. Because that's what our new building out in the backyard is all about. It's called the Next Gen Center. Okay? And this Next Gen Center, really, again, this is basically going to be the house for our high school and young adult ministry. And for the last 11 or 12 years, we've been renting a space in the Heritage Square Mall in Dover. And it's time for that rent to come to an end, and it's time to move everybody back here on our campus. And so we just took a, just a quick little GoPro video of progress of the construction as of Friday. This is just a couple days ago. Those guys work fast. Okay, so all that drywall has been hung now. And by the way, that was all done this week. All the drywall throughout was like it's hung. They got to finish it. But I mean, in one week, that is amazing how fast those guys work. It really is. Okay, so we've talked about this before. I'm not going to take a lot of time. But between the new building out back and we've been doing some significant upgrades around here. I think you've noticed a lot of the things that we've been doing around here. The total price tag on all of that has estimated in the neighborhood of about a million dollars, okay? Thank the Lord, we've been, you know, good stewards financially, and we have been able to save, and because of your generosity, we saved about $600,000, and we asked the church to contribute the other 400000 And so last March, I came to the church, and we talked about how if everybody would participate, it wouldn't be that expensive for anybody and so we need to raise about 400000 I, I I laid it out that we could raise that in over a two-year time. And so we've got some slides for some income just to give you an idea of where we're at on raising money. We're a little bit behind on where we need to be. So the two-year target is on the left of raising $400,000. Uh, the the year-to-date received is the next blue, and that's the total we've received so far. It's about 120000 over three quarters of a year. So the quarter target is 50,000. If we need 50,000 every quarter for eight quarters to be able to raise the 400,000. And so the second quarter, the, the, the first quarter of the year that we began to receive monies after we asked the church, uh, we hit our target, right about 50. And then the third and fourth quarter of the year of 2015, the giving has been going down. And I only bring that to your attention because maybe you were unaware of it. Maybe you didn't realize there was a need. Maybe um, you haven't been participating. Maybe you've been meaning to and haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't know. But we're a little bit behind, and it'd be good. You know, we need, to, we need to step it up a little bit if we're going to hit our goal. If we don't hit the goal in two years, then we're just going to have this in front of us for a third year uh, until we raise it ultimately. But it's not a huge amount of money. And the way we broke it down is this, in case you're unaware, is that just among our faithful church members, if... All the people who already regularly give, would con- if their family would contribute an additional $2,000 over the two-year period, break that up however you want, 
If each giving family would donate an additional 2,000, we'd meet our goal because we have roughly 200 and some faithful givers, families that, that donate. Thank the Lord for you. And so we could meet our goal. But there's a lot of you that maybe haven't been faithfully giving but be willing to give, and certainly that would be great. And, and maybe some of you have been faithfully giving, but 2,000 extra is just too much. It's just hard for you to do that, and I understand. But there's also some of us that we're so glad to hear that we only needed 2,000, that they wrote a check and we're done. Well, the truth of the matter is some people can give more, and maybe you can consider giving more. And some people just can't give 2,000. So, okay, we understand that. But I just want to give you an update on where we're at financially. Praise the Lord. We're, I mean, you are donating. The building is going up. We need to be praying that they'll finish by the end of February. That's our goal because that's when our rent ends for the teenagers. But, man, I'm so thankful for how this is working. Okay, so there's one more slide I want to show you. And basically, this is just a summary of, and I don't know if you can see all that, it's kind of small print, but basically what that is, is a summary of all the different things that we're doing in this building, okay? And then the, the dollars associated with all of that. And so the left column, the multicolored one, are each of the different little items. So, you know, grand piano repairs, interior barn, the barn painting over there. Uh, we bought a couple of new HVAC units. Um, we had to do plumbing and stuff under the parking lot. It was all messed up. Uh, the Adventure Zone is moving to a new part of the church, the children's ministry renovations, and all the new carpeting out front and with the, the coffee shop and a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've already spent a little north of 140000 and all the other independent blue graph lines to the right are things we still need to do. And, you know, we can take them piecemeal. We can take them step at a time, but we need to finish the Adventure Zone remodel. We need new doors, the restrooms need an update. I mean, they're very old and stuff like that. Some more heating, cooling units. Obviously, we burned one out here in the backyard, I guess, today. Uh, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to keep up a facility this size. But praise the Lord, God has been so faithful. And we're so thankful for, again, so many of you are so generous. Let me just wrap it up with this. In, in 2015, as every year, we give you a theme verse for the year. And this was last year's theme verse, Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for hearing and answering our prayers. I'm so thankful for the growth that we've seen and new people saved and 115 people being discipled and all the people coming through the training and okay so this physical building project is just a physical representation of really what God's doing among us and it's going to be a great opportunity and facility to use but but the truth of the matter is God is building us as his building and the fact that we have resources to be able to do that kind of thing is is just, is just the coolest thing in the world. So I wanted to present that to you and make you aware of where we're at. I got a couple of prayer requests and I'm gonna close. Um, let, would you pray with me that truly this project could be completed and we could get our certificate of occupancy by the end of February. The rent is over at the end of February and the teenagers otherwise are gonna need really heavy winter coats because it's still cold. So we need to be done, pray for that. Uh, pray for the dollars to come in. 
um, so that we can, again, faithfully pay, pay for this. We don't want to have to take on a lot of debt. Um, pray for 2016. Pray that 2016 would just be a year of greater growth and advance of the gospel, that more people would be saved, more people would be trained. Listen, Jesus Christ, quoting my friend Sam Miles from Midtown Baptist Temple, Jesus Christ is worth sacrificing for. Amen? Listen, all of us sacrifice for things that are important to us, for our families, for our children, for our careers, for all kind of, we do and we should. But Jesus is worth sacrificing for too, don't you think? And let's just pray, let's pray for that. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, I'd just like us to pray. And listen, I don't know exactly where you're at, but maybe you're here and you'd say, man, I don't even know if I know the Lord personally. Well, we haven't talked about evangelism, but I want to say this, that...